Hello, folks, and welcome to this uh, special bonus episode of the Winged Wheel podcast. We are just going to release um, a little one for you here before our usual weekend episode. And what this is, is a uh, an abridged version of the last Winged Wheel podcast night at the LCA featuring Ken Daniels and Mickey Redmond that happened back in April of 2022. So uh, we thought we'd put this together in lieu of our typical Patreon exclusive midweek episode. Uh, But I have a couple of notes about it and we'll get to that in a second. Uh, But first I want to talk to you a little bit about Winged Wheel podcast night at the LCA, uh, what it's all about and uh, what we do uh, and the good uh, good money we raised for the Jamie Daniels Foundation. So uh, we've run two so far, and it's in partnership with the Detroit Red Wings, who have been amazing partners uh, with us in this process. Uh, we have hosted Ken Daniels and Mickey Redmond on the podcast, on the live podcast that is uh, recorded before the event both times. So there's a live podcast with us, the hosts, and more importantly, Ken and Mick, and uh, some other special guests are always planned, and uh, we're, we're trying for more in the future, so look forward to that. And there is a pregame meetup and uh, there's food, there's drinks available for people to buy. Um, There's merchandise and uh, giveaways and uh, signatures. Evan loves signing signatures, Ken and Mick as well. Um, There's, it's a lot of great fun and to do it uh, with the Detroit Red Wings at the arena or nearby is always a lot of, uh, it's just a blast and it's so great to get together and we're happy we were able to start to do these again. So the next one is on Saturday, October 29th. Uh, in addition to all those things I just mentioned, uh, when you buy a ticket, you get access to that event and of course the Red Wings game. So on the 29th, they're facing off against the Minnesota wild, uh, in Detroit. So you get a discounted ticket. It's a special wing wheel podcast discount and a portion of the proceeds from that, uh, from each ticket sold gets donated by the Detroit Red Wings to the Jamie Daniels foundation, which we are very, very appreciative for. Uh, and then after the event, when we're all sitting uh, in our winged wheel podcast seating sections, there's the gondola, lower bowl, upper bowl. Uh, we have uh, seats everywhere uh, and we fill them up. But after the event, we are going to go to Harry's Bar and Grill, very close by, uh, to keep the party going until uh, till the night ends. So it's a it's a blast and we just absolutely love doing it. And the way these things are growing and getting better each time, um, I know we're very excited. Uh, Ken and Mick, I've been talking to them. They're very excited to, to keep these going with you. So we hope you can attend. If you want to get your tickets, get them fast. They do go quickly. DetroitRedWings.com slash WWP. Again, that's DetroitRedWings.com slash WWP. Or go to the link in the description of this episode. Uh, or if you have any trouble, reach out to us uh, on Twitter at Winged Wheel Pod, and uh, we can help you out. So uh, what we're going to show you now or have you listened to is uh, an abridged version of the live uh, recording from the second event again last April. So just a fair warning, it's not going to be the world's best audio, especially for the first few minutes. You're going to hear it flip over to uh, get a little bit better, but still not great. And at some point you might uh, hear some interference in there. So uh, that's something that we're going to improve for next time and uh, part of the delay why this took so long coming out to you. So finally, we're able to pull it together. Um, Hope you enjoy it. And if you don't, well, blame Brad. But without further ado, the second ever Winged Wheel podcast live at Live episode at the LCA featuring Ken Daniels and Mickey Redmond. Enjoy. We need to make this a tradition now because Brad and I have been here for hours and no one chanted our name. <laughs> and Mick, that's because you suck. Oh. That was actually my mom in the crowd. Believe it. <laughs> Ken got here and we we heard some applause for Ken, but Mick, not not like this. The bar is open. There's, there might be so some food in the back, so. Those are the housekeeping items, and without further ado, welcome to the Wing Wheel Podcast Live Show Part 
two. So, Mick, we have a quick story for you. Um, when we did this, when we first did this podcast, the live show, we sent uh, we sent Ken Ken some of our merch, like shirts like this, uh-huh. and we said, "What size is Mick?" And he goes, uh, "Mick's not going to want those." He's like, oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, see, that's what he does. He, he thinks he can talk for me. Yeah. He does it on the air all the time. I get a chance. <laughs> and I thought, okay, well, why don't we get something that Mick would want? Because you had the Stanley Cup, because the Wings won. We had the Stanley Cup at Mick's house. Before I got here, the 97 Cup, I came for the second one, and Mick presented me with a flannel coming to Detroit. So he made me feel I still have it. You still got that. That's a great big one. It was about three times your size. I know. Yeah. It was a little big one, but what the hell. I still have it. (laughs) Right. Yeah, yeah, that was 98, the, the November of 98. Yeah, November of 98. When we celebrated the cup from the spring of 98, yeah. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. No, it was November of 97. Well, it was our first cup. Yeah, because you had the cup at your house from the first one, then I came for the second. So was no, you had the cup November of 97. Okay. see how it happens? 98. <laughs> <laughs> if I had the cup at my house for the first one, it was November of 97. Right. That's right. And you were there for the second one. Right, but I was at your house November 97 when the cup was there. You presented me. Oh, there's the Paul Harvey. See? Okay. We got it. This is like we're mid-game. <laughs> this is down 3 nothing in the second period. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not tonight. Not tonight. But yes. Yeah. That's what people always say to us. How do you know what? When Because we're rebuilding, and you, sometimes you just have to distract and deflect. And if you want constant play-by-play... Go somewhere else. <laughs> I mean, you know, we have to, we, we try well, to entertain, have fun, and that's what it's about. It's, it's a game. And when it gets down there and this team's really into it, we'll, we'll switch it up. I've never heard those words before. Distract and deflect. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. That's a really nice way of saying, don't pay attention to some of this shit you're saying. <laughs> That's correct. (laughs) They are. They're doing their best. Listen, I've been there. I've been there. It ain't easy. Yeah, you had some tough years. It ain't easy. Yeah, Yeah, we were talking about those the other days. Back in, uh, I was talking to somebody. They said you described the Red Wings when you came here pretty well. I said yes. I think I remember saying they were a little bit dysfunctional. Yeah. Even though Gordy Howe was still here, the ownership was really bad before the Illiches took over. And they were going through coaches like shit through a goose. It was terrible. <laughs> anyway, nobody's listening. No, not right now. <laughs> they will be. <laughs> it's okay. It's a podcast. You can say what you want. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, we've been through that, and uh, it wasn't good. But you know what? The guys are the guys are doing the best they can, and uh, it's you know we've had a good first half, and hopefully we'll have a a last uh, fifteen games or so that. Uh, 
will give us something to feel good about going into the summer. I mean, it's been a little bit of a, uh, a problem here in the last uh, six weeks or so since the trade deadline and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, all we ask for on Valley Sports is something to work with. The kids have been great. And when we get a, a game that uh, the team is, is, is competing, then we, our job is made easier. It's a lot more fun. And obviously it's more fun for you guys that are watching, wherever you may be, watching on television or in the building or whatever. So, you know, hopefully we'll get uh, starting tonight. It was already started, two games in a row. Yeah. And uh, is Wierenski playing tonight? Yes. Is he in? Good. Yep. Always fun to see uh, Larkin and Wierenski that grew up together and played together. They were roommates. Yeah. I, I, they were roommates, and I reached out. <laughs> I reached out to them this morning, and I said, no fighting 71, okay? <laughs> so, you know, they're, they're going 11 forward, 7 defensemen. Uh, COVID's been hitting Columbus. So Sean Corelli got tested this morning, had to leave. So uh, maybe we'll get them when they're not really? feeling so good. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, it's still going. Oh, it's yeah. not over. The uh, the third host of this podcast, Shea Weber, yeah. uh, he wasn't able to ma- make it because he he just caught it. He dodged it for a long time and he just got it. It just so happened to be on Masters weekend. So Oh, yeah. He's a big golf fan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh I had the Masters on all day. Yeah. I was working. Were you? <laughs> How's Tiger doing? Is he still in it or no? He's not gonna. He's there. He was. He was. So he, grim, he was grimacing. Yeah. Oh, he made the cut. Oh, good. Good. Struggling a little today, but still driving the ball. Uh, driving really well. Grimacing a little bit. Listen, if he didn't play on Sunday, I wouldn't be shocked. But he's 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 getting through. Good stuff. He's getting through. Yeah. So you guys looking forward to the game tonight or what? Yeah. Uh, where are you? How are you guys been since we saw you last? Yeah, we're we're, we're hanging in there, busy. Same as you. I mean, not the same as you. We're on a podcast. We can swear. We can mess up. We can. <laughs> we get to edit after. That's the luxury of what we do. But no, we've been good. We've been good hanging in there. It's a long season. It's been a big difference from the first time where we talked to you guys, and it was the excitement of of Cider and Raymond. And now, what was that? November. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Mid November around. When we were then five points of Boston. Oh yeah. 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 We were still holding down a playoff spot at that point. So very different times. It's a long year. Yeah. <laughs> so we could talk ad nauseum about what we all know about and how it's been a long year, but why don't we take some questions from the crowd uh, in just a moment here. So um, Melissa, my significantly better half with the coat here, is going to be uh, have a mic that is going to be passed around for people who ask questions. Uh, but first question for both of you, and I think um, it's a really tough one, but seeing how this year started, and then seeing how the last six weeks have gone, Mick, like you said, where it's been a little bit tougher. How does that affect your, your outlook for next season for the Red Wings? What, is, what comes next? Because it's going to be a big offseason for Steve Eisenman. What is your anticipation for this team, especially seeing you know, the season as a whole? I don't think it changes our outlook very much at all. Um, I think what it does is it, it allows the people that are making decisions inside that building to decide who's going to be here next year, who's going to stay here next year, who's going to not get signed next year. Uh, they don't really know who they're going to bring in yet. The kids, yeah, we know we're going to get some uh, some young guys at training camp in Traverse City and who we may have on the blue line, like Edmondson next year. Um, but I don't think it changes a whole lot for us. For us, we just, really, we work with what we're given. And when they drop that clock, you know, the script begins. It's hard to script what we do. It's all pretty much ad-lib, and the hockey team is what it is, and we just deal with it. Sometimes it's harder. As Ken said, it's uh, 
you're going to distract and deflect, but you know what? Um, that's the way it is. We, we try to keep our glass half full. And I think the most important thing for any of us, especially us two right here, credibility with you is the most important thing that we can have. If we lose that, we've lost everything. So we're not trying to sugarcoat anything. It's a tough business. It's a dirty business sometimes, but it's a great passionate business. And uh, we try to keep it as level as we can. We have a Red Wing flavor, but we're not going to twist it and make it look something that it's not. 100% true. Yeah, we, we're not we're not lying. We're not going to, because if we did that, and yes, you are we homers? Sure we are. Do you want the Red Wings to win? Of course we do. But we, we also, as we've said before on this podcast and elsewhere, you don't disrespect the game. So if another team is good, if there's another great player, uh, we see it with, with Austin Matthews, and we're going to play in Toronto the last week of the season. Why isn't Austin Matthews a story? He's probably going to go down, as this continues, the greatest Toronto Maple Leaf of all time. So why shouldn't you celebrate that? You see Connor McDavid, why not celebrate, celebrate the greatness in the game? And uh, at some point in time, and it, it might be Cider, maybe the best defenseman of the game. And we hope other cities will, I don't know, maybe it'll be that way in five years. And, and uh, hopefully other cities will celebrate that. So I, I think it, it's the greatness, as Mick always says, it's the greatness of the game that you have to respect, and we, we try to do that. That uh, the the appreciation you show for those other goal calls, and we've talked about it before, where you look at other broadcasts, and you know they don't necessarily get excited when a puck goes in, and especially if it's a big moment. And it, I think it does translate. I, you guys are humble, and you'll never admit it, but you're the respect you have across this entire industry and across the world of the NHL. You're seen as you know the most prolific broadcasting duo in hockey. So honestly, it's a privilege for us to have. You. Thank you. We're gonna and and I and I, I I spoke to these two and Ryan and Brad. We're gonna record this podcast in Denver next week, and you're gonna say the same thing and see how that goes over. <laughs> yeah, we need uh, ten of the biggest, toughest people here to come with us. We'll cover yeah. your airfare. That's right. Now again, now we have our issues, you know, and through the years, and ESPN and Mick and I were just interviewed uh, by ESPN and, and Draper and McCarty. I'm not sure Claude Lemieux is going to sit down with them, but they are revisiting March 26th. So ESPN, like like they did for for my son Jamie when they did his story on ESPN E60, uh, the same producer Mike Farrell uh, reached out to us, and they're they're doing the doc on the Red Wings Avalanche rivalry. So. Uh, not sure when that's going to air. Maybe uh, come Stanley Cup time this year. I'm not sure when they're going to get it done, but that'll be pretty cool. We were part of it. I, I may get 10 seconds in it, but uh, <laughs> the other guys. And, you know, and sitting there and just listening to that and hearing Chris Draper speak and relive it and his thoughts from that night, it was pretty compelling, wasn't it? Just, just listen. It's amazing it. that that thing, what, 25 years ago, yeah. got a, it, it really took on a life of its own. And uh, all I know is when I was recalling that fight, and I was thinking and watching the people at the Joe and all the fun they were having and the enjoyment they were getting. I'm thinking today's people would look back at us back then and think we're all sick people. We had, too, we had way too much fun. Yeah. It was amazing. It was unbelievable. To it couldn't happen again today. So yeah, no. the, the nicest thing I must say about that whole rivalry there, two of the greatest teams in the world right there, as well as the most uh, hated rivals, that's what made it so, so great. Okay, we have a question here. Or oh, we're waiting for the... Uh, we're, uh, we should get those made up. What would you guys think? Would you want these flannels on the... Yes! What are you doing? 
<laughs> Thank you again. That's my Cut mom. Cut him off. <laughs> I love it, Thank you so much. Okay. You want to hit us with your question? Go ahead. Guys, I just wanted to say I drove in from Chicago this morning. Huge fan. Thank you. Oh, for my coming. daughter lives in Chicago. How about that? I know how long that drive is. Yep. About four hours left this morning. Four hours you did it in? You were speeding. <laughs> Takes me about 425 max. It's as quick as I've been. Wow. Okay. Chicago. Yeah. You a Black Ox fan too or no? No way. No way. No way. All right. Let us know your name and uh, what's your question? Uh, my name is Logan. Uh, my question was for Ken and Mick, what are your favorite away cities or arenas you enjoy getting to visit or call a game from? Wow. Uh, I'd say for me, uh, Montreal is pretty great. The the, uh, the Bell Center, and we modeled our gondola here at Little Caesars after the Bell Center. Mick was our construction foreman on that. Um, and uh, Montreal is just a, a fun city to visit. I'd say from a broadcast standpoint, Montreal, in modern modern buildings, in the old days, used to be Buffalo or Chicago Stadium was really good. Um, Boston Garden, you're right behind the benches, you're right over top, almost. Um, but in, in today's world, the Bell Center in Montreal is the best broadcast position of 32 teams. So, as far as I'm concerned, we're a little higher here, but we're much different than we were at the Joe. The Joe was an afterthought, they forgot to put the press box in, and once they got there, they took out two rows of seats and said, we better squeeze them in here. So, we've got a lot better situation here at LTA. Yep. All right, I think we have another question ready over here. Okay, first, um, Mickey, my mom was very excited when she found out I was going to be here, and she told me if I had the chance to tell you that you're the reason why she started watching Red Wings the rest of the trailer this year. Thank you. So, Thank you. Um, and so this question is for both of you. Um, since you've been calling the Red Wings games for so long, um, and seen a lot of rookies start their NHL careers. Obviously, we've had an amazing time watching um, Cider and Green this year. And aside from those two, who have been the most interesting and exciting rookies to watch and call for that you can remember? Hmm. Well, you were, you were here long before me when they were a lot younger. I, I remember, well, you go ahead first because, well, because you were here for others long before I was. Yeah. I mean, Lipscomb came in here pretty impressive, I'd say. <laughs> um, geez, that's a good question. I never really thought about that. Because, he'd, uh, he'd probably be the one. Huh? Well, he'd be the, he'd be the top guy, I'd say. What yeah. about Sergey? Well, yeah, I don't think it was Sergey. Sergey was a little older, I think, wasn't he? But I guess that doesn't really matter. I mean, those, that whole group there, 97, 98, the Russian five. There were so many guys that came in here that were that left an impression on all of us that'll never go away. That's, that's hard to pick one, but Lipscomb would be the the orchestrator, the orchestrator that, that uh, you know made it all happen back when he came in. Yeah, I don't know if Sergey would. Sergey was '89 draft, and he came '90-'91 was his rookie year, and then Lidstrom the next year. So, would have been all right. Like like for me. Um, it would be probably Pavel Datsuk, but again, if you look at Datsuk's numbers, and he was also older, whether he was 23 or 24, same as Zetterberg. That's why you're seeing what Raymond and Sider are doing now at their age, and you can talk about rookies Zetterberg and Datsuk, 
but they had played overseas and came over when they were 23 or 24. So they were like, you know, almost Michael Bunting age, who was like 40. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know. So for me, you know, be, be Pavel of, of that memory probably. But and, and you look at Pavel's numbers, he really didn't take off till probably the third year or so. But the team was so good in 02 when Pavel came around and so many veterans. You know, he really didn't have to do a whole lot. But, uh, you know, Brett Hull just tried to keep Brett Hull in line. I mean, yeah, and, and to, just to, to finish that question off, I remember when Eiserman came in here in 84, 83, 84, they, did, they had no intention to keep him here. They told him he's going back to Peterborough, and uh, they just couldn't get him out of the lineup, whether it was practice, exhibition games, and starting the season. So I suppose the one and all would be Steve Eisenman, really, going back that far. Yeah. Okay. Next question. And tell your mother, thank you for the support. We try to teach the game every day, and we love it when people are listening. And they're learning and we're having fun. Yeah. Hey guys, um, also driven from Chicago, great town. Nice. From, no, no um, also, these have been really great questions, so kudos to the really professional ones. This is a stupid question, but I love <laughs> There's no such thing as a stupid question. Wait for oh, it. just wait. <laughs> You've listened to the podcast before, right? Hello. Yeah. <laughs> So you have to receive a blindside Cronwall check or a full-on Probert punch to the jaw. Which one do you choose? Who is it? You got to receive a blindside Cronwall check, like you know the, the Chicago guy who got knocked yeah. cold, or a Probert punch to the jaw. You got to take one. What are you doing? Cronwall. No, I take a Cronwall. <laughs> that I might get up from. Maybe. Yeah, I'd say. Uh, I, I, I'd let Cronwall take a run at me, because Proby, Proby got stronger as the fight went on. Yeah. yeah. He did. Uh, mind you, I can tell you this. Joe, uh, Joe Coaster, one night in, the, in an alumni game, punched me in the, in the shoulder, and Pritner knocked my shoulder out. He, could, he had a jackhammer of a... I saw him on the ice out one night. He knocked out uh, Jim Kite's earpiece. He had a hearing problem. Knocked him silly. He could hardly stand up. Coaster hit him in the, in the head somewhere. Coaster could hit. He was like a jackhammer, and he had hands like meat hooks. We love those two guys. Oh, without a doubt, Cronwall. I'm, look at me, I'm made of glass. I pretend to be tough, but I'm not. One punch to the face, and I, like, I would not survive it. Cronwall, Ken's right, I, at least maybe he might miss a little bit, and I could get up in a couple of years, but yeah, that's about it. Yeah, I'll take the dislocated shoulder from Cronwall versus the concussion from Probert. Yeah. Okay. Hi guys, my Hi. name is Antonio Gracias. I also am from Chicago. What's going on? All right. You guys all come together? Apparently I missed the memo and hop on the same train as everybody else. Um, you paid full price for gas. The rest of them carpools. Exactly. Uh, maybe for next time. Um, so my question is for Kenny Mick. Tracker, I know. Um, <laughs> you've called many historic moments throughout your career. Um, which ones stand out the most and why? A game that always comes to my mind was in Calgary when the Russian Five were put together. The Calgary Flames got eight shots on goal at home. And I said to turn that telecast that night, they better get some drama mean because they're getting dizzy. <laughs> that night was unbelievable. I, there, we've had a lot of wonderful memories here. 
um, from the closing of the Joe and the Stanley Cups and, and the Russian Five for different reasons, you know, all those guys. And, but that night in Calgary was absolutely incredible. I guess, how about Carolina? Triple overtime when Larianov scored. I mean, we got a lot of them. Too many to really remember at one time. Yeah, and we now, when, when we get to the playoffs again, hopefully we still will be doing one round. We used to do two rounds, but never got to do the final. And for me, I guess the most fun moment I had was uh, filling in for uh, Schleprock, Ken Cal, uh, on the radio because he lost his voice in Pittsburgh for game six. And I flew down that day and, and you know, ultimately turned it over to him so he could say the Red Wings win the Stanley Cup, which should be his place, but to call Henrik Zetterberg's game-winning goal off Marc-Andre Fleur, Fleury's ass, uh, the win in the net. And uh, so for me, that was a great moment just to be involved in a Stanley Cup final, to call that, and the Red Wings win the Cup and be part of that and flying home as Mick and I were in 98 from Washington was pretty cool. I think the Stanley that, Cup that, between we, us. You and I in the seat back at the back of that plane. Yeah. From we had the Stanley Cup between us. Yeah. In the back of that airplane, having a ginger ale and got the cup right next to us. That was yeah, pretty cool. Very cool. Yeah. So those are the moments you remember. I mean, people ask me about calls. I, I don't necessarily, but that one because it was uh, I got to be involved in the Stanley Cup final that I'll never get again. So because we just don't get to do it. So that was pretty cool, and and it was it was nice that Ken was able to call the end of it. So it was very. You never get to do it on radio again, but you may be on television. Hopefully. No, no, we'll never get to do it on television again. But I might do it on a radio oh, game because Cal will lose get, he'll lose his us. voice again. They don't let us yeah. do them. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. They don't let us yeah. do them. Yeah. Those other guys take over the right the, the, the micro microphone. That's oh. right. <laughs> I know. By the way, just so you know, we lost the Florida game. They stole the Florida game. Oh, Easter on, Sunday. On yeah, Easter Sunday. Yeah. We lose like three more games this month, don't we? No. I don't know. Uh, somehow, you know what? Say what you want about Detroit, but because, you know, the team and the way it's going. But um, they obviously want our market because they know how great and passionate Red Wing fans are. And that's why the most we can lose in a season is 12 games and think right. whether Red Wings are out of the playoffs. Uh, ESPN Plus or TNT took every game they could from us. So they, they took a dozen games, which means it's a tribute to uh, the Red Wing fans, and they know the market, and you guys who watch, and they want those games for better or worse. They, they want the rating. They want, they want the rating. Yeah. Uh, guys, i got to get into work. Okay. Um, anything to wrap it up? All right. Uh, why don't I just say thank you to everyone for coming out. Folks, Wing Wheel Podcast Night at the LCA is just getting started. Continue to hang around. We are going to pull out some shirts, some stuff to give away. There's a bunch of stuff. I don't want to bring a single shirt home. I don't want to bring a single keychain or magnet home. Ken Daniels, Mickey Redman, I like that we've made a tradition of this. Thank you so much for joining us on the Winged Wheel Podcast. And thank you all for your support of the Jamie Daniels Foundation. Thank you all for your support. Thank you. 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 Thank you guys again. Thank you so much.